We are in Joshua tonight, as we have been for the last few weeks, and we are just kind of dipping our toes in the pool of Joshua, just getting started good. We are in Joshua chapter 4. Lord willing, the goal is that we can make it through a chapter a week, and obviously, obviously this isn't an exhaustive study of Joshua. There are, we could preach for many, many weeks in each chapter probably, but we're just kind of getting an overview, uh, kind of getting an idea of the book of Joshua and how God is working among his people. And what we had seen up until this point is that uh, Moses had uh, passed the baton, so to speak, uh, from Moses being the leader, and now it was Joshua whom God had called to lead his people into the promised land. And so uh, Joshua was preparing to lead these people. Last week we saw that they were crossing the river Jordan, and we saw a uh, uh, something similar to what we saw with Moses, as Moses had uh, God had parted the Red Sea through Moses. We see a similar instance last week as uh, God had stopped the Jordan River uh, for Joshua and the people of Israel. And so the people knew without question, look, God is still with us. God has chosen Joshua to be our leader. God is with Joshua. God is with us. And it said that they crossed on a dry ground last week is what we talked about. And so uh, this week we are in chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4. We are going to read through the text, and then I will pray, and we'll get started. It's kind of a long chapter, 24 verses. I won't go back through every verse individually when we get through, but we will read the text so at least we understand what's going on here. After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Choose twelve men from the people one man for each tribe, and command them, take twelve stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the twelve men he had selected from the Israelites, one man for each tribe, and said to them, Go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You should tell them, the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's waters were cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites." The Israelites did just as Joshua had commanded them. The twelve men took stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the Israelite tribes, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the camp and set them down there. Joshua also set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan, where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The stones are there to this day. The priest carrying the ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people, in keeping with all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people hurried across, and after everyone had finished crossing, the priest with the ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh went in battle formation in front of the Israelites as Moses had instructed them. About 40,000 equipped for war 
crossed to the plains of Jericho in the Lord's presence. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him throughout his life as they had revered Moses. The Lord told Joshua, Command the priest who carry the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, Come up from the Jordan. When the priest carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan and their feet stepped on solid ground, the waters of the Jordan resumed their course flowing over all the banks as before. The people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your children ask their fathers, What is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this good story that we just read. God, we thank you for your word and uh, the blessing it is that we have it. That you didn't just leave us here uh, to fend for ourselves and try to figure it out, God, but you give us your word to guide us, to teach us, to call us to remember who you are, dear Lord. To help us not to forget that you are mighty, that you are a God who can stop its river in its tracks that you are a God who takes care of your people, dear Lord, and protects your people. And so, God, help us to remember your might. God, help us to be in reverential awe of you, dear Lord, in that reverent fear that we know that you are a mighty God and that we are a sinful people. And we thank you for your grace and that you desire to have a relationship with us and that we can even call you God, dear Lord. And so we thank you for that. And I pray that you'd speak to us tonight through your word. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. All right, that was a lot of stuff there. And what we see in, in Joshua chapter 4 is we see kind of uh, the story told a couple of different things or, or told a couple of times and kind of repeated uh, 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 again and later on in the uh, chapter. But what we see here is that the people of God are to make a, a memorial. Now this is something that we are familiar with in our culture. I got a picture that I was going to show you guys. Making a, a memorial or something to remember something is not something that is uncommon for us. This is a memorial that is in Washington, D.C. I'm sure most of you have probably seen it. And on this wall, which stretches much longer than the picture uh, would show us, is the list of thousands upon thousands of names of soldiers who gave their life for this country in Vietnam. And so we see that, and what that reminds us of is that our freedom came at a cost. It's that our freedom isn't free. We have a holiday that we call a Memorial Day, and it's a time that we set aside and we remember what has happened before. And that should hopefully, cause us to reflect on what a wonderful blessing and privilege it is in this country that we have freedom. That's what a, a memorial is. We all have these things in our life. Maybe it's an item or something that we have hold on to. Maybe not necessarily in the sense of a memorial, but maybe you have went on a vacation before and you have brought back a souvenir. 
And that souvenir, when you look at it, you remember that vacation because it's a, it's a visible physical sign that when you see that, it reminds you of something that has happened in the past. And it might bring forth happy memories. It may bring forth sad memories. But we all have these things in our life that we hold near and dear. And they may not be worth anything. For instance, I have one right here. This is a card. Now, money-wise, it's not worth maybe a cent for the paper. Maybe not even that. And for you guys, it wouldn't mean anything. But for me, it means a lot because it is from my wife. Something she gave me a long time ago. And so I cherish that because it is something I keep in my backpack all the time. And I can look at that and it helps me to remember that she loves me. Not that I forget that. But <laughs> it's something that helps me to remember something in the past. And so there are little things that we have in our life that we hold on to that help us remember something in the past so that we don't forget something that has transpired. And that's what we see God telling the people of Israel to do here in the book of Joshua. Because what God had just done was a miracle. It was an unbelievable thing. Now in the Red Sea, God had parted it, but in the Jordan River, it just the river stopped. It was like an invisible dam was there, and the river was just backed up. And there were the, the priests holding the Ark of the Covenant standing on dry ground. And all the Israelites who went across, we talked about that last week, it was probably... Two million of them. I mean, that's just a rough guess. We don't have any way to know, but we know that there was over 600,000 uh, men who were able to be soldiers, and that's not counting women and children. So who knows how many could have been in the uh, wilderness there crossing over that Jordan. But there was a, a large group of people, and they had crossed over, and this was a monumentous occasion. I mean, this was, a, this was a big thing that was going on here. And so what God told the people to do is he told Joshua to pick one man from each tribe and they were to go in the Jordan River and they were to take a stone and they were to take it up and they were to set it as a memorial. Now when it says take a stone, we're not talking about a pebble because in the text it says a stone, they were to put it on their shoulder and carry it out of there. So we're talking about a pretty big boulder here that they were probably taking out. It probably, probably weighed a lot. And they were to hoist these big old stones onto their shoulder, and they were to take them with them to the camp whenever they got to the camp, and they were to set those stones up as a memorial for what God has done. And Joshua said, look, this is for when your children ask you, what do these things mean? You can tell them, this is what God has done for us. This is what God has done for his people. This is how mighty and wonderful of a God that we serve. Now, at the time of the writing of this text, it said that the stones were still there. Now, maybe they're somewhere in the world today. I don't know. Maybe they're still there. Maybe they've been knocked down. But at the time of the writing, the stones were still there. But they were there as a memorial. Could you imagine how many people may have walked by those stones? We can only speculate. Who knows? Who knows how many people may have walked by those stones and the Israelites at some point in time got the opportunity to tell them, hey, look, let me tell you what God did for us. We serve a mighty God. And so last week we kind of talked about what our testimony is, is that we all have a testimony as to what God has done in our life, and that testimony is Jesus Christ. And we also need to reflect on the things that God has done for us. And that can be part of our testimony. We need to look back at our life when God has done a mighty work for us. And sometimes we need to remember those things. 
Now, it may mean that, that, that we need to write down some notes. Maybe we keep a journal. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe God does a wonderful work in your life and you make a journal note of it so you don't forget, so you can flip back and be reminded of those things. Maybe there's a, a cross necklace that you wear or some piece of jewelry or something that, 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 that when you look at it calls you back to your memory to something that God has done for you in the past. And it's not that we have to have some physical memorial, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. We don't worship that. We don't worship the memorial. We don't worship the object. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having something that will recall how God did something good in our life. And I find that often in my life, I have to go back and I have to remember the things that God has done in my life. Because there are many times in life where I get down and out or I want to give up or I want to give in and I have to go back and I have to think about, boy, look at what God has done for me. And when I go back through my past and I begin to see how God has worked and I begin to realize all the ways that God has blessed me and all the ways that God has taken care of me, it gives me that motivation to not give up and not give in but to keep going strong and to run the race with endurance. Because God has been good to me. God has been good to you. And so there may be some areas in your life that you can think back on that, man, God did this wonderful thing for me. And that might be what it takes for you to keep going. Because what the devil wants you to do, see, and we're quick to do this anyway as humans, we're quick to forget what happened a week or two or three or four years ago. We're, we're a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of people. And so God could have blessed us and took care of us more than we could ever imagine 10 years ago. But boy, we forget that quick, right? And we begin to get in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bad situation. We begin to get down and out. And then all of a sudden, it's not that we don't know in our mind that God is fully capable and that God can rescue and take care of us. But the devil is so good at keeping us from remembering how mighty God is. And remembering what God has done for us. And that's why God wanted the people to make a memorial so that His power and His might could be recognized for generations to come. And I think the same is, is true for us, is that we need to take what God has done in our life, and maybe we're not setting up a stone, but we can still impart the wisdom that God has put in us in our life onto a younger generation. We can impart what God has done in our life. We can tell people, look, I was struggling with this, and here's how God helped me through this. I was struggling with this, and I turned to God's Word, and this is the Scripture that I used that I was able to get strength from and to fight this battle with God's Word. We can take our wisdom from the things that we have done that God has delivered us from, and we can impart that on to the next generation so that they can know the same wonderful and mighty power of God that we have known. And so it's important for us to do that if we are a mature Christian that we impart that wisdom to them. Because Joshua says at the end of chapter 4, he says a couple of times in the book that, look, this is a memorial so that when your children ask, you can tell them. Uh, but closing at the end of chapter 4 and verse 24, he says, This is so all your people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty. Okay, so this is for all the people of the earth, which we talked about that. Um, and then... A little further, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. So these stones were a memorial not just for the people of Israel, but so all of the people could see the might of God, but so you, the people of Israel, may always fear the Lord your God. And there should be a respectful fear. 
Because fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We see that in the book of Proverbs. And it's not like we should go hide in our closet and afraid that God is going to strike us dead, although maybe that's part of it. But I think when the Bible talks about fear of the Lord, it is a reverential fear. It is a respectful fear. We are fearful because we realize who God is and we realize that we are a sinful people not deserving of forgiveness, not deserving of repentance, but God loves us and offers us grace and mercy anyway. Because that's what grace is, giving us what we don't deserve. And we need to remember that when we think about those things of our past that God has done. When we think about those events and those times that God has delivered us, that God has helped us, that God has got us through that tough situation, that we do not forget that He did it, and we do not forget to give Him praise, and that we use that to know, look, whatever situation you're in right now, God is strong enough to get you out of. Now maybe some of you have experienced situations before and you can draw back to that and draw strength from that. Maybe some of you haven't. Maybe you're in a situation right now and you say, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I can tell you how, by the strength of the Lord. God doesn't always say that it's going to be easy, but He does promise that He's going to be there with us and that He's going to give us strength and He'll be our strength and He'll be our comfort and He'll be our stronghold. He'll be our mighty fortress in a time of trouble. And so if you're struggling with something, remember what God's done in your past. And if, never, if you can't remember anything, then know this. God is here for you. He is going to help you through this. Let's pray. And Jesus, uh, dear Lord, uh, we come to you tonight, and um, I thank you that we can come into your house and read this word. I thank you for uh, what you did for your people in the book of Joshua. I thank you that we can read it tonight, and I pray that you would help us to think back on those things that you have done in our past, dear Lord. Maybe we've never set up a a memorial of rocks, but dear Lord, there are many events that you have done in our life. God, maybe you've never stopped a river for us, but God, there are so many things you have done for us. Maybe it's curing an illness. Maybe it's getting us through a tough time. Maybe it's helping us out with something that we're struggling with, dear Lord. We have all these times in our past where we can look back, dear Lord, and we can see that you have done a mighty work. Just like the people of Israel could look back and see that you had done a mighty work. And so God, I pray that you would help us to not forget that you are a mighty God and not forget that you are worthy of our praise and that In the good days we praise you, dear Lord, and on the bad days we praise you because you are worthy of our praise no matter how our day is going, dear Lord. And so I pray that if there is one in here tonight that's struggling, God, that through these words that they have seen what an awesome God that you are and that they would feel your presence and feel your comfort and that they would know that you are with them right now tonight. And God, I pray pray that you'd bless each one as they uh, get ready to go their own way. I pray that you'd give us all a good week this week. And that all would go well, that we wouldn't have any problems in this world, that you'd keep us safe, dear Lord. But when those day comes, those days come that it's tough and we're stressed and it doesn't seem like anything's going to work, that we seek you in those days for our strength and our guidance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.